welcome you today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing here at IFC. And we're thrilled to be able to do part two of Family Month. Last week was part one. Part two of Family Week together. Last week was awesome. It was excellent. Um, I hope, how many watched the service online last week? Wasn't that super good? If you didn't, you need to go online. We had a special online service. Um, it was specially recorded, and we want to thank uh, Steve and Barbara Arbo up in Guilford, Maine, uh, New Hampshire, rather, for letting us use their barn. All the praise and worship team were together. It was so good. It was outstanding. Pastor Josh did a great message um, out from his, uh, his antique green truck. His truck was the highlight of It was the highlight. Was. Yeah. And he loves that it was the highlight. Yes, he does. <laughs> and we're glad you're here today. It means a lot to us. So please get online. All the messages are archived. And we're just honored here at IFC because families matter to us. They sure do. They sure do. I was telling the first service, <clears throat> excuse me, that when we started uh, family, it used to be family week decades ago when we started it. And I said it was family week then because I was in my 30s. Now that I'm in my 60s, it's a month. It takes me a month to do what we used to do in a week. We used to pack that weekend. But now we offer so much more for you and your families, for you to grow, get nurtured, hear God's word regarding your family. And so this whole month has been designed with you and your families in mind, whether you're married with children, whether you're single, you're still part of the IFC family. And uh, we've got something for you as well. So we're going to get started this morning. And uh, those of you that were here for Mother's Day or listened to the message online, if you haven't, I encourage you to do so so because it was, it'll be really beneficial to everybody, not just moms. But one of the points I gave that day was to fight for your family. And so we thought we would start uh, today by showing you how to fight for your family. So many people fight with their families. But the Bible tells us in Nehemiah to fight for our families. So we're going to get started. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you praise and thanks for this day. We thank you for your word, Father, that it will not return void. Father, I thank you that the spirit of the Lord will speak today and these people have ears to hear what you would have to say and hearts to receive it. I thank you that they are all doers of your word and not hearers only. We thank you, Father, that your word will produce in the hearts of these people a wonderful harvest for themselves and their families. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm sure you'll agree with me that we are living in a time now like no other. The attack on families is at an all-time high. The devil knows that time is short and he's pulling out all stops to minimize and confuse, distort and destroy the family. Unfortunately, a lot of people's attention is focused on what culture is saying today instead of what God's word is saying today. And that's where a lot of the problem is. The culture has nothing to say to us about how our family should function, how we should raise our children, how we should live as single adults. And and I feel like uh, this month, starting today, will really help to be a reset. If you'll hear God's word and be doers of God's word, you can reset your mind and your tension to focus back on God's word away from culture and immerse yourself in God's word so you get the correct vision for you and your family. Amen. Amen. 
And so I want to start with Psalm 11, verse 3. King James Version, I'm going to read you a couple of, of translations here. It says, if the foundations are destroyed, what will the righteous do? If the foundations are crumbling, is there hope for the righteous? Another translation says, when law and order are being destroyed, what can godly people do? And another, when the very bottom of things fall out, what can a righteous person possibly accomplish? And then the Amplified, if the foundations of a godly society are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And I find today uh, a lot of marriages are at a place now where a date night's not going to fix it. That's right. And a lot of our children are at severe places right now where a trip to Disney is not going to fix it. And people, some of you here, are at a place right now where you're thinking of, well, let me just relocate to another state, but I'll tell you, relocating is not going to fix it because you go with you. <laughs> so you're going to be there, and whatever internal issues you have are going with you. And so you say, Werner, that's great. So what hope do we as individuals, what hope do we as families have living in this world today? And so there is only one thing, and it's this one thing we base our message on and really our lives on as followers of Christ. And there's only one thing that we can do to rebuild the foundations that have been destroyed, and that is this. Use the God-given authority Amen. that has been given to us by the head of the church, Jesus Christ himself. Amen. There's a lot going on and there's a lot that we're tolerating and there's a lot that we're letting go on because we're not using our authority against it. So today for these next few moments, we're going to teach them how to fight for their families and to use their authority against the enemy's tactics. So when it comes to fighting for your family and, and, and the how to do that, we're going to give you three threes. We're going to talk about three realities three weapons, and three things to do every day. And Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10, is a great place to start. It says this in Ephesians 6, 10 through 14, and the scriptures are on the screen today. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You know, when you see that word finally, there's an emphasis there. Like, pay attention. What I'm about to tell you is super important. What I'm about to tell you has, has great priority and something you need to listen up because what I'm going to say to you is, go, is about to really change your life. Verse 11 says, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand uh, against the devil's schemes. Verse 12, for your struggle is not against flesh and blood. Now, I believe that you're thinking today that your husband is your problem. I think you're thinking today that your wife is your problem. If the truth be known, pastor, my children are off the wall. It's my children that are, are the problem. And you know what? The devil would love for you to think that today. He would love for you to think that your problem is a person or your, problem are, your problems are people. He would love for you to think that way. He would love for you to minimize the enormity of what's going on. And we, we, when we're in the middle of our drama, the middle of our struggle, it's easy to point our finger at people and not realize there's a whole nother realm besides this realm that is just as real, if not more real, than the realm that we're living in. It goes on to describe, for our struggle is not against people, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I don't have time to get into talking about those four areas of spiritual authority um, that we deal with on an ongoing basis. Verse 13 says, therefore put on the full armor of God. So why? Why do we do that? So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, what else do we do? Verse 14 says, stand some more. Stand firm. So let me start by giving you three realities. This is the reality. This is a, a wake-up call. This is what you need to know. We can't deny it. These three things, you can think if you want to that they're not real, but they really are. Here's the reality if you're going to learn how to fight for your family. The first reality we must understand, number one, the devil is real. Yes. The devil is real. He's not a symbol in the Bible. He's actually a created being. Studies tell us that 50% of all Christians believe that there is not an, a literal devil. Whether you think that or not doesn't change the fact that he, he does exist. Yes. You can think what you want. How convenient is that to think that there is no devil? How convenient to go along with that to think that there, there's no sin. We can get to do whatever we want to do. Feel good. Let us do it. So that's exactly what the devil would want you to believe. He would want you to believe he doesn't exist. Right. He would want you to believe that so he can do all that he does behind the scenes, so he can set you up for, for defeat and failure and not take him serious or live with such overwhelming concern that you don't give him a thought. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says, No wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Another translation says he disguises himself as an angel of light. That means that he camouflages himself. He doesn't approach you in a, in a one-piece red suit with horns, uh, pitchfork, and pointy slippers. That'd be so obvious, right? He doesn't do that. Let me say, ah, get out of here. I know what's going on. He, he disguises himself as an angel of light, as good. Revelation 12 gives us the whole story here in verse 7. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, code word, the devil. And the dragon and his angels fought back. There was this massive war in heaven. Verse 8, but he was not strong enough. What good news is that today? Mm -hmm. He was not strong enough. Now, Lucifer was his name in heaven. He was a majestic being, uh, perfect in wisdom, he was actually the praise and worship leader, if you will, in heaven. His body was magnificent. The Bible talks about how his body, everywhere, when he, when he moved, musical instruments played. He was, he was a, a created being. He was beautiful in every way. And it was that very beauty, that very magnificence, that caused him to have pride in his heart, and he tried to overthrow God. They weren't co-equals in heaven. No. It was the praise and worship leader who tried to overthrow the pastor. Right? That's in essence what took place. Sure. And so we think sometimes that they were co-equals and we were so afraid because he's just like God. Not at all. He was not strong enough, the Bible says. How many think that's good news? Yes. Amen. And he lost, their, he lost their place. The enemy, the devil, and a third of his angels were kicked out of heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth 
and his angels with him. Don't have time to get into all that. Simply to say and emphasize, it's a reality, the devil's real. The second reality you don't understand is, number two, the devil wants to destroy you. Hear what he does. He wants to destroy you. I can show you in scripture after scripture, but here's two of them. John 10, 10 says, Jesus said, the thief comes for one reason alone. He's working at this 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. What is he consumed with? It only to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's his job. That's his job description. That's what he's doing every day. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, be sober. He's talking to us as a church today. Be sober. Be watchful. Other translations say be vigilant, cautious. Don't fall asleep. Wake up and pay attention. Be sober and watchful. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And our response to that has always been, he may not devour me. Right. Amen. There's, there's no guarantee it's going to happen. He may devour you. That's why you're going to learn something today. So he may not devour yes, you. Yes. So he may not devour your marriage and your children right. and your relationships and your family. Absolutely not. Resist him firmly in the faith or be established, strong, immovable, and determined. First Peter 5, 9 says... Take a decisive stand yes. against him. Yes. Resist his every attack. How? With strong, vigorous faith. Mm -hmm. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of trouble you endure. You're not the only one going through marriage issues. You're not the only one thinking your kids are off the wall. You're not the only one thinking your wife has lost her mind. You're not the only one that are going through all the drama that you're going through. Brothers and sisters, believing brothers and sisters, just like us, all over, all the, world. over the world, all over IFC, all around the auditorium today, joining us online today, we are going through it, and we need to know that. The third reality we need to understand is number three, the devil has to respond to the authority given to the believer by the head of the church. Yes. That's good news today. Let me say that again. The devil has to respond to the authority given to the believer by the head of the church because he operates in a realm of authority, because he operates in that realm, he responds to higher authority. Wow. 1 John 4, 4 says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Isn't that good news today? Amen. Yeah. And that's so important. Did you get that today? The greater one lives in you as a child of God. And understand something. We don't bring this up to cause you to be afraid, to cause you to be fearful, to be anxious. Oh, my goodness. Don't talk about the devil in church. Um, and our goal today is not to put fear in you, but to put confidence in you, to equip you, to put faith in you. Amen. Now, any, if we shut the lights off today in this dark room, we could struggle if you want to in the darkness and bump along, or you can do what? Just turn the light on. So we're not here today to magnify darkness. We're here to magnify the light. We're here to flip the switch. Whenever there's darkness in your life, don't, don't wrestle with the darkness. Stand on God's word and flip the light on for crying out loud. Quit bumping along. Turn the light on. 
Now, there are federal agents who deal with counterfeit money. When they're trained, it's actually true, they don't train. You would think they would train in handling counterfeit money, how it looks, how it handles, how it smells, what, what's the characteristics of counterfeit money. And you know, they don't handle counterfeit money at all. They handle the real $100 bill. And when they do, they know the real $100 bill so well that when the fake one shows up, they can spot it immediately. We don't spend time bragging on the devil. We spend time lifting up the name of Jesus here. The real thing, amen. So that when the enemy shows up, ah, I see you. Because we spend so much time magnifying God and his word that you recognize that counterfeit liar anytime he shows up. Amen. So good. You know, Psalm 119 says the entrance of God's word brings light. Light comes when you read God's word, light comes. That's right. If you're in a situation and you don't know what to do, you go to God's word and light comes. Yes. And so the entrance of his word brings light to our situation. Our number one weapon, we're going to talk about some of our weapons now. The number one weapon that we have been given as believers is the name of Jesus. Amen. The name of Jesus. We oh sang God. about it this morning. Yes, we did. Philippians 2, verses 9 to 11. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven Amen. and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Even when you just talk about the name of Jesus, yes, yes. the anointing and the power of God is felt. Jesus gave the entire church, we, his family, the authority to use his name. When we use the name of Jesus, we are using the authority that we have in him. Yes. It's been delegated power given to us by God. Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 tell us that God gave Jesus the power and joint sitting with him. And Jesus turned and gave that power to us, the church. Amen. And we have joint seating with him. So when we speak, we're speaking from a seat of authority. When we address the hell world, we don't address it in the name of Verna Del Turco right. or Jonathan Del Turco. We address the hell world in the name of the head of the church, Amen. the Lord Jesus you, Christ himself. There is no other name than the name of Jesus in this coming a day when every knee will bow yes. and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And you have his his power on the inside of you. And I say this to you today, and the Spirit of God is saying this to you today, because you're putting up with too much in your life. Yes. And you're putting up with too much in your family. And you're putting up with too much in your body. And you're not addressing it with the authority given to you by Jesus Christ. You have the right and you have the authority to look the hell world in the face and say, leave my family That's alone right. in the yeah. name of yeah. Jesus. 
Leave my kids alone in the name of Jesus. You leave my body alone in the name of Jesus. And you leave my church alone in the name of Jesus. Amen? Yes. Legal authority. We have legal authority. Ephesians tells us that we have joint seating with Christ Jesus. It tells us that when God raised Jesus up, he raised us up. And when God quickened Jesus, he quickened us. Yes. And when God seated Jesus, he seated us <laughs> at the right hand of God the Father. And when you speak, you speak from your seat of authority. The devil is under your feet. Amen. Yes. The Bible says that he's a liar. He's the master of deceit and he's the father of lies. If he's telling you today your marriage isn't going to make it, you believe it is because all he can do is lie. And you say, in the name of Jesus, get your hands off my covenant. We'll not have no more of this in our house. Amen. Amen. But you have to do that. Yes. Each one of us have to do yes. that. I encourage you, read and know Ephesians 1 and 2 for yourself. Look at it, know it, embrace it, live it, breathe it, because you have a seat of authority with Christ Jesus. Let me read you a, a few scriptures here. Acts 3, 6, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And guess what? He did. Acts 16, 18, but Paul being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out. Mark 16, 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So good. John 16, 23, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Amen. This isn't a rabbit's foot. This isn't rubbing a genie's lamp. This is power that you have out of your relationship with Jesus Christ Amen. and the position he put you in when you entered his family by being born again. Because when his name is released from the mouth of a believer in faith, he has to flee. Amen. He has to yes. flee. Yes. Demons have to flee at the name of Jesus. And if you feel like today all hell is breathing down your neck in every way you look, there's been a, a circumstance or a situation or a trial or a brick wall. Open your mouth and use the authority given to you by the head of the church. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee in that name that is above every name. I'm making myself happy today. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Preach. Weapon number two, the word of God. You have his name and you have his word. Matthew 4, 4 tells us, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The Passion Translation says, bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word that constantly goes forth from God's mouth. So the good. more you read God's word, the more you listen to it, right. the more you speak it, the more you will want it, and the more your faith will become sight. Though those things that you're believing God for are found in the word of God. His word is powerful. 
It's forever settled, the Bible tells us. It'll never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. Jeremiah 5.14 tells us the word of God coming out of our mouths is like fire. And every circumstance and situation in your way today is like wood. And fire consumes wood. When yes. you speak God's word, your situations and circumstances are consumed. When you speak God's word, your body has to line up with Amen. the word That's and right. the will of God. When you speak God's word over your family, your family will come in alignment That's with right. God's word because of his power. God's word in your life every day. Read God's word every, every day. day. Yes. It's medicine to all of you, Proverbs 4. Yeah. It's medicine to your flesh. It's medicine to your marriage. It's medicine to your family. It's medicine to your children. It's medicine to your money. It's medicine to your body. It's medicine to your relationships. But you got to take your medicine. Yes. And it's God's word. God's word will direct us and it'll also correct us to keep us on the straight and narrow. Amen? Amen. And the third weapon that I want to share with you today is the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Do we have any Holy Spirit people in the room today? Yeah. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is power to live, people. This is power to overcome. It's power to testify. It's power for living. It's power that gives you a prayer language between you and God. And hell doesn't like it because he doesn't understand what we're saying. It's our private language with God the Father. And if you're not filled yes. with the Holy Spirit, yeah, don't please. go another minute another without day. your prayer language. Don't leave this building today without your prayer language. And we'll give you an opportunity for that. But this is power for living. John 16, 7 gives us some of the attributes of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the advantage in our lives. He gives us the advantage. The Bible says the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts, the intents, and the purposes of the Father's heart. He will lead you and guide you and direct you. In John 16, 7, look at the benefits you have by a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our helper. He's our advocate. Amen. He's our intercessor. He's our strengthener. He's our standby. He's the spirit of truth. He's our guide. We like to say around here, he's the guide inside. You have the all-knowing one living on the inside of you. So take heed to what the Holy Spirit says. Build your life accordingly to God's word. And you can sustain a strong family and strong relationships even in these dark days. So good, honey. Isn't that good preaching this morning? Yeah. Amen. So when it comes to fighting for your family, we've talked about three realities. We talked about our three weapons. Now let's talk about three things in closing that you need to do daily. Every day. Every day. Number one, daily submit yourself to God. Yeah. Daily submit yourself to God. I can't emphasize enough how valuable and important this is. Here's a great verse of scripture. Uh, Vernon already quoted it, James 4, 7. It says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. This is a very important verse of scripture. The word submit 
If you look up some of these key words in the Greek, the word submit means to willingly come up under someone else's authority. Willingly come up under someone else's authority. So here in this case, it's under God's authority, his way of living, his way of doing things. So you're only as successful at resisting the devil and him fleeing from you when you've done the first part of the verse, willingly come up under God's authority. Your authority is only as strong as your relationship. See, if you don't have a relationship with someone, you really have no authority in their life. I don't have a relationship with my son or my daughter or my grandchildren or my wife or relationships with people that I have the privilege of pastoring. Without relationship, there can be no authority. There can be no, there's no voice. There's no connection. And so it is with our relationship with God. So your authority is only as strong as your relationship. So having that daily relationship, having that understanding of who God is, having the understanding that, man, he loves you, he's for you, he has a plan for your life, he has a purpose for your life, he's not against you, he loves you, he wants to prosper you, he wants you to be in health, he wants you to to walk in in, in, and be successful. When you have that kind of relationship, it's easy then to walk in your authority. Yes. The word resist means to stand against or stand in opposition. And here's what you'll find if you look up this word. It is a word that demonstrates the attitude of one who is fiercely opposed to something and determines, therefore determines, that he will do everything within his power to resist it, stand against it, and defy it in its operation. So our stand against Satan must be firm. It must be unyielding. It must be steadfast. If we want to successfully resist his bombardment of lies and attack against our mind and emotions, then it's something we must do with great strength. I love this last part. James 4, 7 has good news for us, church. Good news for us who are battling. Good news who wants our family to be blessed. Good news for husbands. Good news for wives. Good news for young adults and for teenagers and children. It says the word flee. The devil, if you'll resist him, he will flee. And that word flee means to take flight. To take flight. Mm -hmm. And here's what we read. And what you'll look up, if you look up that Greek word flee, in many um, uh, reference books you'll read this. It was used to depict a lawbreaker who flees in terror from a nation where he broke the law. The reason he flees so quickly is that he wants to escape the prosecution process. Mm. Remaining in the nation would most assuredly mean judgment. So rather than face, stay and face the consequences, what does the lawbreaker do? He flees. That means the devil knows he's a lawbreaker. He knows he's a lawbreaker. God spoke to him over, and Jesus spoke to him and declared over him that, that he must flee. He's a compromiser by nature. He doesn't want you to know he's a compromiser. He wants you to quit before he has to. Yes. And so that's why the, at the end of every battle, it seems to be the hardest. The missiles are flying. The bombs are dropping. Why? He wants you to quit before he knows he has to quit. Now listen very carefully. He also knows... If a believer stands against him, if a believer resists him by using the name of Jesus, 
by using the power of God's word and the authority we have in the Holy Spirit, it won't be long until that believer begins to rule and dominate him. Yes. Rather than this happening, the devil begins. <clears throat> excuse me. The devil begins. <clears throat> excuse me. To withdraw and look for a way of escape to escape the prosecution process. Listen very carefully. Instead of sticking around and hopelessly trying to defend himself against the power of that name, you know what he does? He runs before the prosecution process takes place. That's That's precisely what James is telling us, amen, that will happen when you take your place, when you have a reality of what you're dealing with, when you understand your weapons, and when you understand the power of submitting to God, resisting the devil, and he will flee from you. So daily, we need to submit ourselves to God. Yeah, you got to realize this, church. The devil's a bully. That's right. We hear a lot today about bullies, but the biggest bully is the devil. That's right. And he's trying to push you around and shove you around and lie to you. He's trying to bully our kids and confuse them with identity issues, accuse them of having no value. He's trying to accuse our young girls of being ugly and no good and our young men not being men at all. He's a bully. And he wants to pervert everything that God, everything good God has set in motion for his family. And we belong to a good family. Yes, we do. With a good father who has our best interest in mind and has provided everything necessary for us to live a victorious life. And part of the, you know, intensity in which we're delivering this today is just a wake up call. A wake up call. that you will open your eyes and you'll see what's going on, not just in your family and not just with your children, but look around you to this generation that he's trying to destroy. If it's not through abortion, then I'll get them here at this age. I'll confuse them. They won't know if they're a boy. They won't know if they're a girl. They won't even think they have value on this earth. So I'll just put a thought of suicide them in today and I'll water that thought tomorrow and tell them they're ugly and I'll water this thought the next day and tell them they're too fat and then the next day I'll Come give on. them this thought and the next day I'll tell them that your parents don't love you and the next day I'll tell them everybody else is better than you are. He's bullying and unless you use the name of Jesus. Yeah. Unless you use the name of Jesus against that bully, he will continue. He will continue to harass. He'll continue to steal, kill, and destroy when he doesn't have the right to. He doesn't want you to know that you are more powerful than he is. That's right. He doesn't want you to know that he has to flee when you speak. He doesn't want you to know and understand the power in the name of Jesus. Our young people need to know that they can stand in the face of the devil and say, no, I'm not doing that in Jesus' name. No, I'm not going there. No, I'm not going to fall for that. No, I'm not going to do that. God's got a plan and destiny for my life. They need to know that as babies. That's what we're doing here at IFC is teaching our children who they are and why they're on earth. And they've been created to rule and reign. And you've been created to rule and reign. You've been created to dominate. 
create. You've been created to bully the bully. That's right. In the name of Jesus. Now think about this. What was the original reason that that God's heart was broken during Adam and Eve? What was the original situation that broke the heart of God? You know what it was? People think it was disobedience because they ate from the tree. What was before disobedience was Adam's silence. Yes, yes. Silence broke the heart of God. When Adam was supposed to stand up and keep his garden and be the head of his household, Adam was silent. He, when chaos came into Adam's house, Adam buckled under the chaos. He buckled under the, the drama. And he did not stand up and say, no, 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 God didn't say that. This is what we're supposed to do. And men have been doing it ever since. Heads of households have been silent ever since. You've been a silent partner. And it's time for us men to stand up and speak up. And quit breaking the heart of God because of your silence. Quit breaking the heart of your wife or your children or the destiny and legacy that's on your life. Silence broke the heart of God, which then led to disobedience. And silence in your heart, silence in your house will open the door to disobedience. And we must speak up. We must address it. We must stand our ground. We cannot bend. We cannot buckle, men. We have been created for chaos. I've been created to stand my ground in my house. And as the, as the head of my household, as the pastor of this church, as leaders, we were created for chaos. We don't run from chaos. We stand our ground against chaos. We make our stand against chaos. That's what a man of God does. That's what a woman of God does. That's what a young adult full of God does. Quit being so silent. Amen. Let's speak up and declare what God's word declares today. So good, honey. So good. The second thing here is, where are we, honey? What are we doing? Number two. Second thing we do daily. Is today Sunday? Okay. (laughs) The second thing we do daily, close any open doors that give the enemy access. Close any open doors that give the enemy access. There are things that give Satan an advantage over us. And we are not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. The Bible tells us, don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. Well, what are some of the devices? What are some of the things that we have to not give the enemy access? Anger. I'm, 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 I'm shocked at the grown adults, men and women, that scream and yell and slam cabinet doors and leave the house and peel out of the driveway in their car. Grown men and women out of control. You give the enemy access. Get your anger under control. It's a work of the flesh. It's why you need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Anger, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, envy, strife. The Bible says with his envy and strife, there is every evil work. When our kids were younger, we did everything in our house to prevent strife because we knew it was the open door to evil work, envy and strife. What about disobedience? It gives the enemy access. Works of the flesh. We talked about anger and other works of the flesh that give the enemy an open door 
into our lives and into our homes. Psalms 101 verse 2 tells us where integrity starts. It says, I will walk within my house in integrity and with a blameless heart. So good. Now the translation says, I will run my life with a sincere heart inside my own house. Another one says, I will be careful to live a pure life. I will live in my house with complete honesty. Complete honesty. Husbands, your wife has a right to know where you are. <laughs> in your house, there's complete honesty and integrity. Look at the women bouncing up and down. In it. I've never seen you bounce before. <laughs> Wives, your husbands need to know what you're spending at the mall. <laughs> Ooh. Men, your wives need your codes to your phone and your computers and everything else. Oh my. And vice versa. If you say, no, I can't give that to her, then what are you hiding? You're automatically saying you're hiding something. You want me to stop now, don't you? you <laughs> I can see it in your face. Mama Verna. No access, people. Give him no access. You give him access by what you watch on TV. Now I'm in your living room. Right now I'm in your living room. TV room. TV room. Give him no access by listening to things you shouldn't be listening to. Right. Seeing things you shouldn't be seeing. Going places you have no business going. You are Amen. giving him access. You are opening the door, not only to your life, but to your whole family. Amen. Watch. Parents, wake up. Wake up with your kids. Do you know where they are? Do you know who their best friends are? Do you even know what their favorite meal is or their favorite color? Are you in touch with your family? Are you in touch with your children? Do you have a relationship with them? Are you friends with your children? You can be parents, number one, but you can still enjoy a friendship relationship with your children without leaving your parent position. Amen. We used to sing a little song in Sunday school. Anybody here grow up in Sunday school besides me? Nick, of course, you're gonna know exactly what I'm getting ready to sing. I don't sing to you too often, but I'm gonna sing right now. So hold on, everybody. Watch out, world, I'm getting ready to sing. Time for a duet. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above, He's looking down in love. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above, He's looking down in love. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above, He's looking down in love. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. One more. Be careful, little feet, where you go. Be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above, He's looking down in love. Be careful, little feet, where you go. That's a song for us. 
Now, if we were selling CDs, we would have sold out today because I was singing. No access. Give him no access. Ephesians 5.11 says, have, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. See, when you partake of those things, you are actually in fellowship with darkness. Yeah, undermining Don't let success. darkness in your house. Right. I was telling the first service about a wonderful young adult that we had been dealing with who was just struggling with pornography, just struggling, and he hated it. Yeah. And he was hating himself. But his father turned him on to it when he was five and six years old. Integrity in your house. Watch what you see. And for those of you that say, I can watch that stuff, it doesn't bother me. You are most deceived. You are Amen. most deceived because you're partaking with the fruit of darkness. And the third thing we want to say to you today is boldly declare God's promises over your life and your family every day. Every day, boldly declare God's promises over your life and family every day. Would you stand with me? You know, this year we started off the year 2021 saying it was in our prayer times, saying it was a year of restoration and full recovery. In the past couple months, we were praying and what came out of our spirit was it's going to be a summer of miracles, a summer of miracles. How many of you can agree with that? That we're going to have a summer. What's a miracle? It's the supernatural intervention of God in the course of life. Anybody need God's supernatural intervention? Well, if you don't, somebody else does. So believe for a summer of miracles. See, what we've shared with you today is all about taking authority over the enemy who is trying to destroy you, your life, and your home. I was going through a difficult period several years ago, one of many, and uh, I was busying myself cleaning the house. How many of you women do that? You just, you, you, you take your frustration out on your rug or something. And as I, as I was busy vacuuming and just bumping into furniture, I was just kind of in my own little world. The Lord spoke to me so clearly. And he said to me, Verna, you need to address it. Don't dismiss it. Because I was trying to get it out of my mind. You know, if you stay busy, let me just do this and I won't. No, he said, address it. Don't dismiss it. Address it. And by boldly declaring God's word over your life and your family every day, you're addressing it. You're not dismissing the situation. You're not dismissing the trial that you're going through. I have I wrote a declaration for you last night, and I want us to say it. I want you to repeat after me. It's going to come up on the screen. But I want you to say this with all the faith in your heart. Declare this and repeat after me. Father God. Father God, in Jesus name. In Jesus name. I declare. I declare. That through skillful and godly wisdom. Through skillful and godly wisdom. My life. My life. My home. My home. My family. My family. Are built. Are built. And by understanding. And by understanding. It is established on a sound and good foundation. It is established on a sound and good foundation. My life. My life. And my family. 
family, and my family are securely built, are securely built on, Jesus Christ, on Jesus Christ, who is the head of my life, who is the head of my life and the head of my home. And the head of my home. I declare, I declare no weapon of war, no weapon of war formed against me and my family, formed against me and my family will ever prosper. Will ever prosper. You will perfect that which concerns me. You will perfect that which concerns me. And I cast all the cares of my life. I cast all the cares of my life. Once and for all. Once and for all. On you. On you. I am positively persuaded. I am positively persuaded. That you are able. You are able. To guard and keep. To guard and keep. That which I have committed to you. That which I've committed to you. You are more than enough. You are more than enough. For every in any situation. And in every situation. I will ever face. I will ever face. Father. Father. I submit myself to you. I submit myself to you. And I resist the devil. And I resist the devil. And he must flee. And he must flee. No, a little more passion there. And he must flee. And he must flee. You have given me power. You have given me power. Over all the strategies of Satan. Over all the strategies of Satan. So in the name of Jesus. So in the name of Jesus. I bind every evil force. I bind every evil force. That is, you have given me power. You have given me power. Over all the strategies of Satan. Over all the strategies of Satan. So in the name of Jesus. So in the name of Jesus. I bind every evil force. I bind every evil force. That is trying to come against my family. That is trying to come against my family. Okay, here goes people. Satan. Satan. Get your hands off my life. Get your hands off my life. Get your hands off my marriage. Get your hands off my marriage. Get your hands off my children. Get your hands off my children. Get your hands off my health. Get your hands off my health. Get your hands off my money. Get your hands off my money. Get your hands off my church. Get your hands off my church. I give you no access. I give you no access. You are bound. You are bound. And ineffective. And ineffective. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I declare. I declare. That Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is Lord. Over my life. Over my life. And my family. And my family. I overcome. I overcome. By the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. And the word of my testimony. The word of my testimony. Victory, victory is mine. Is mine now. Now, victory, victory is mine. Is mine now. Now, one more time, victory, victory is mine. Mine now. Now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, give him praise today. Come on, Woo! in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Come on, praise him. Come on. of triumph. I don't want you to clap this time. I want you to use this, the fruit of your mouth, the fruit of your lips, giving praise and thanks to him. Don't clap, but shout unto God with the voice of 
head bowed, please. Just a moment, Pastor Josh will come and close the service today. But I want to make sure everyone in the room knows for sure that heaven is your home and Jesus lives in your heart and your sins are forgiven. You can't start what we've talked about today without making sure that Jesus lives inside of you. He's the one that gives you the authority. He's the one that gives you access into his heavenly realm today. And it starts with making sure that your sins are forgiven, that your heart belongs to him. Jesus is your Lord. And you know that you know, there's no reason to leave here today with any doubt in your heart, not knowing for sure that you are a child of the Most High God. You are a follower of Christ. And your sins are forgiven and heaven is your home today. It's the only place where freedom can start is making sure Jesus lives in your heart today. In just a moment, I'm gonna ask you, if you don't know Jesus today, I want you to raise that hand towards heaven as an acknowledgement, not to embarrass you, but as an acknowledgement. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward, simply as an acknowledgement to say, that's me and I'm ready to do it God's way. Whether you're here in the room or you're joining us online today, I want to make sure that Jesus lives in your heart today. If that's you today, you say, Pastor, pray for me, please. I want to know that I know. I want my sins forgiven. I want heaven as my home. I want a brand new start. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high today? Raise it up high. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. Amen. Who else? Raise it up high today. Anybody else? Thank you, ma'am. Good for you. Anybody else? Thank you, ma'am. Good for you. Sir, I see you back there. God bless you. Yes, thank you. Who else? Raise it up today. If you're online, communicate with those who are hosting today. We'd love to pray with you and give you all the materials that are necessary for you to make this next step. Anybody else say, Pastor, it's my day. I'm ready to receive, I'm ready to know for sure that my life belongs to Jesus. In Jesus' name. Anybody else today? Let's all pray this prayer together. Join me online, please. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. Forgive me from my sin. I need you, Jesus. I can't do this without you. I declare you as my Lord, my Savior. I denounce my past, and I will serve you all the days of my life. From this day forward, I receive your forgiveness, your salvation. Uh, heaven is now my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give him praise today. God bless you.